Welcome to the Viking Podcast with head coach Jace Coburn. I am your host, Mike Lund. The Viking Podcast is presented by On Point Community Credit Union. We thank them for their support all year long, all of our athletics programs here at Portland State. It is Tuesday, December 27th. Hope you're having a great holiday season. Uh, the Vikings are about to start conference play. Uh, so to review not the non-conference season and preview the conference schedule, let's bring in the head coach, Jace Coburn. Coach, welcome in, and uh, we're going to have you tell a few stories about <laughs> your uh, road trip and the non-conference schedule in general. Yeah, I mean, first, obviously, we played a really hard non-conference schedule. I think at one point um, our schedule was ranked 10th in the country um in terms of strength of schedule at one point i can't remember what point it was but um you know we've played some really really good teams um you know and hopefully to this point it's got us battle tested and ready um you know because you know we tried to play some really good teams and they were really well coached and um you know every win we got was a good win um you know and, and we battled in our losses so uh, really pleased with how it went um, from a competitive standpoint, and um, I felt like we grew as a team, and and uh, hopefully we're rolling into conference season. So, yeah, and as we take a look at that non-conference schedule, uh, coach, right now I just did the math here of our uh, eleven Division One opponents so far this season. Every opponent has a winning record. Every single one. Every opponent when we played them had a winning record, uh, with the exception of Oregon State was three and three the second time we played them. However, they have a winning record right now. The combined record of all those opponents, 88 and 42. So whatever strength the schedule says, it's all about winning and losing, and you're playing teams that are winning a lot of games. So uh, the Vikings uh, right now at six and seven in non-conference play, and um you know, I th I, I kind of know where this answer is going to go, but but just talk about the things you gain from playing teams that tough uh, as it leads into your conference schedule. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was really good for us, you know, and, and uh, our team is built off of toughness. And um, we knew going into this season how tough our non-conference schedule was going to be. And so we knew that the new guys we needed to add and then the guys that we had coming back needed to be very mentally tough guys because it was it was quite the stretch. Like you said, you know, every team we played, you know, has a winning record, um, you know, and, and it got us ready for this moment coming up, hopefully, um, you know, at Sac State and, and continuing on through through uh, conference play. So, um, but yeah, r really excited about, you know, the guys and, and how we performed and how we just flat out competed. Um, you know, every single night, every single game we competed and, and uh, very proud of us for that. But, you know, we got conference play coming up and uh, hopefully it's got us battle tested and ready. Yeah. And, uh, you know, let's take a look at a few of these opponents, Oregon state. Uh, of course that was a landmark win uh, down in Corvallis in November, a great victory there. Uh, and then beat them again. So you've beaten the Beavers twice. They're 0-2 against the Vikings. They're 7-4 and against everybody else. So they're doing all right against everybody else. Uh, you played Gonzaga and West Virginia. They're both nationally ranked right now, top 25 uh, teams. Gonzaga, I think, 10th, and West Virginia, 23rd or 24th. Air Force, great comeback victory at home there. Uh, and that Air Force team out of the Mountain West right now is 9-4 and four on the season. Santa Clara, you gave them a great run. I believe that was a three-point loss down mm -hmm. there. They are 12-3. and three. They have the best record in the West Coast Conference. Uh, California Baptist was 8-4 and four, 
going into that game last week. They are now 8-5, and five, but uh, certainly a, a high-quality team. Santa Barbara, a team we played here a little over a week ago, they are 9-2. and two. So, you know, up and down the line, really, really great opponents. Uh, Coach, let's talk about, since it's still fresh in our minds and it was such a thriller, let's talk about that win at California Baptist last Thursday. Uh, the Vikings and the Lancers playing for the first time ever. Cal Baptist has become a very strong program out of the whack. And um, it was a close game all the way. I believe there was uh, 14 lead changes, eight ties in that game. Most significantly in the last 340 of the game, there were seven lead changes. And, of course, the last lead change uh, went the Vikings' way. Just that, that kind of that final series, I'll, I'll summarize it, and you talk about what you saw on the sideline. The Vikings down by a point. Uh, Cal Baptist had the ball, came down. Jacob Iman with a, with a clutch block shot for Portland State with 17 seconds to go. You got transition out of that block shot. Iman rebounds, gets it ahead, uh, get the ball into Jarrell Satterfield's hands. He drives the lane, throws up about an 8- or 10-foot running jumper. The ball hits the rim four times. And then goes through the hoop. The Vikings lead 73-72 with eight seconds to go. A lot of excitement. And I know you had a great crowd down there because you had a number of players uh, with, with fans there. Uh, but uh, the Vikings go on to win 74-72. Uh, tell us about kind of that, that the game and that closing sequence. Yeah, I mean, first off, I guess I'd say that Cal Baptist is a really good team. Um, they have a chance to win the WAC. Um, you know, the atmosphere that they have there um, and, you know, they're well coached and, and the talent that they have on their team and the chemistry that they have on their team, they're, they're a very, very good team. So that was a really good win for us. Um, you know, and, and like most teams, we've played this non-conference schedule. Like <laughs> you touched on it, it's like every team has a chance, almost every team that we've played has a chance to win their conference. You know, UC Santa Barbara, you know, he's uh, Cal Baptist, you know, and Santa Clara is really good. And, you know, Seattle U has got a chance to win the way. So every team we've played has been really good um, and has a chance to win their league. But going back to Cal Baptist, um, you know, yeah, J Jake, Jake has had a knack over the, over his time here of making huge plays defensively for us down the stretch. He, he's been able to come up with some really big blocks um, and um, the things that he can do allows us to play the way that we want to play. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he came up with a tremendous block and then we ended up with the ball. And to be honest, like I got a lot of confidence in our guys that they're going to make the right play. So I was like, let's get this thing and go. Like um, I, there was no part of me there that really wanted to call a timeout. I just I, I wanted the guys to go make their own play. And I'll say this, too, about Jarrell and his shot. He was going left, pulled up, shot that shot. He, he has been working on that shot with Coach Dunn at 6 a.m. all the time. So the fact that we got that shot in transition in a shot that somebody practices all the time, um, we couldn't ask for a better opportunity, a better shot. So, yeah, did the thing hit the rim like four or five times? Yeah, but at the same time, when you work on that shot all the time and it hits the rim four or five times, the fifth time it hits, it's probably going in. So Yeah, and I didn't mean to, to minimize it by saying that, but, no, but yeah. he threw it up so softly yeah. The ball caught the inside of the rim, and it just kind of bounced back and forth. It's kind of like a pinball game if you played pinball. Yep. And it, just by the nature of the softness and the touch on his shot, the ball was always going to go in, even though it kind of yeah. went bounce, bounce, bounce and, for drama's sake. And, and, you know, because he's practiced that shot so many times, I was so confident that the ball was going in 
that like even when it was rattling around like i knew it was going in and i was already focused on what we were going to do on defense like you know and and that's um a credit to him because you know and a credit to coach dunn because they work on that all the time and so um yeah i had tremendous confidence when he let that thing go that it was going in so um you know but there, there was a lot of other plays that led to that um you know down the stretch and our guys really stepped up and um, you know, and, and, and to be honest, like in the first half, Keyshawn Saunders hitting those threes was huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that, I mean, and I tell the guys this all the time is that like, yeah, the end of the plays at the end of the game is important, but it's also important what happens with like 10 minutes to go in the first half. You have to value every single possession. And so Keyshawn hitting those shots in the first half was huge for us. Um, you know, and, and some of the defensive stops that we got in the first half or second half, like was huge. Um, you know, and our guys defended Armstrong really well. I think he went, went two for 11 or something and um, got to the free throw line quite a bit. But, um, you know, our guys' defense down the stretch without fouling was huge. Some of the rebounds we got were huge, you know, and um, just throughout the course of the game. And um, we built a good lead, and that building that big lead was huge because they went on their run. And if we didn't have that big lead, then, you know, they're probably up. So, um, yeah, really proud of the guys for their effort. And, you know, the, the consistency of stepping up and making plays throughout the entire game was awesome. And, uh, you know, here's the beauty of uh, – we, we criticize it a lot, we enjoy it a lot, but here's the beauty of social media. Now, I was watching that game live, of course, um, but I have gone back and watched that clip of the final sequence over and over and over. And I watched to count the number of times the ball touched the rim. Uh, I watched it to see – you know, Jake, get the block and the rebound and, and how the transition developed. Uh, you are right. Jarrell Satterfield went to his left. That's not mm-hmm. an easy thing to do for a right-hander. You're, you're, you're going to be better off going to your right, but he was going to his left when he took the shot. Uh, you referenced what you were thinking about. And uh, so every time I rewatched it, I looked at something different. I watched you. I watched you in the transition and how you reacted to the team. But as soon as the shot went up and it went bounce, 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 literally the second it touched the net, I saw you motioning to your team on what to do defensively. Mm-hmm. So you're right about that. And then, of course, one other thing I thought, man, there's a lot of noise in this arena. So I watched it again, and I looked at all those fans behind the bench jumping up and down and cheering. I know Hunter Woods had a huge family uh, following there, a huge group of people, some other folks, uh, but a good, good Viking following as well. So uh, if you get a chance... Uh, Viking fans, go back and look up that clip. It, it, it's just really entertaining to watch on a lot of levels. It was, um, it was, it was almost like a home game. You know, we had so many people there to support our team. Um, you know, it, it felt like a home game. Like when that ball dropped, I do remember it getting super it loud, was very loud. Yeah. And and you know, to Cal Baptist's credit, they have a great crowd too. So you know, but our our, our fans hung in there and battled them all night long, just like the team battled Cal Baptist all night long. So it was awesome. You know, I mean, I know we've got some guys from California and Jacob Iman and Hunter Woods and Isaiah Johnson. Um, and then we had some other, uh, other family members there, um, you know, to catch the game. So, you know, it was awesome. I mean, it was, it was great to have that support, especially on the road. Um, you know, and in a lot of ways, yeah, it did feel like a home game. All right. Uh, last thought on this uh, this game and this win. Um, can you t- I like I said, I've been crunching the numbers, coach. I've been looking things up. I've had a little time on my hands. That basket, of course, Satterfield scores with 8.2 seconds left. Uh, the go ahead basket, basically the game winning basket. Um, can you remember the last time a Viking won a game in the final 10 seconds on a basket 
transitioning the score from losing to winning. Can you remember that? And and if you can't, I don't blame you, but but I had to spend a little time looking for it. I mean, I definitely had to be here because I've been here 10 years. <laughs> um, it hasn't been that long. No. I. And the play was dramatic. I remember. Remarkably similar play. I remember, uh, I think, were we tied? I remember Strick hit the shot at Weber. I remember. Um, not quite as far back as that. Deontay, oh, not as far as back. I was going to say Deontay North got a bucket at Idaho. I remember Gary Winston got the bucket here at Montana. Okay, now you're going <laughs> way back. <laughs> All right, I, I, I'll, I'll end the drama. Usually you, you get one or two of these a year. You know, maybe one goes against you. Maybe yeah. you get one. That, that, that's kind of ones one against. That's kind of yeah. common. That's kind of common over the course of a season. But the last time the Vikings uh, had a go-ahead game winner in the final ten seconds was January. January 11th, 2020, at Montana State. Is this Holland ringing a Woods. bell? There you go. Holland Woods made it. I remember that. Boo Boo yep. hit a runner in the lane, yep. very similar to Jarrell Satterfield. There was 2.4 seconds on the clock. Vikings yep. down one, and uh, his shot makes it 77-76. Vikings win. And in that game, in the last 325 of the contest, the lead changed hands Eight times. It was a so crazy just, game. Just like the one we just had. So very, very similar. I remember that. I, I remember walking off the floor. Um, Almost three years ago. Telling Holland Woods, I was like, dude, you are a bad, bad man. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was a big time shot, dude. And, uh, yeah, that was a great memory. Um, it was a great game, you know, and obviously Holland Woods was a great player for us here. And, and um, yeah, I definitely remember that. It was awesome. All right, so um, moving uh, forward a few hours from that victory, um, I think we all know uh, the weather hit the Pacific Northwest. The weather hit all over the country. There's been some pretty uh, pretty bad winter weather everywhere you go. This game was on Thursday night. At the time you were playing, the freezing rain and sleet were falling outside my window in Portland as I was watching the game. Uh, the Vikings win the game. They decide, uh, well, they don't decide. They are scheduled to come home Friday morning on an airplane. Tell us what happened, Coach. Well, first of all, I don't think any of the coaches slept because uh, we had to get on the bus at 4:45 a.m. to go to the um, to go to uh, the airport. So, you know, I I tried to sleep, but it just doesn't happen for me on game nights. I'm too wired. Um, so we we roll out to the bus about 4:45, get to the airport plane gets delayed and you know we all know what's going on back in portland so we're kind of like ah like is this thing going to get delayed are we going to get canceled and we were checking the portland airport and all these flights were getting canceled and so we sat in the airport till probably i don't know it was probably nine o'clock before they finally canceled our flight so our flight got canceled so then um birdo got us a bus and then the bus took a couple hours to get there and then the bus finally got there which you know because they told us that we weren't going to be able to come back until the 27th, which would obviously we were going to miss Christmas. So we had to figure out how to get back. So then we decided to take the bus. Um, we couldn't find any flights. We tried a million different ways about how to get back to Portland or closer to Portland and then bus it and none of it worked. So we all hopped on a bus, um, drove, I don't know what it is to Sacramento, I think six, maybe seven. I don't know. Um, and we were on the bus, got to Sacramento then we hopped on another bus because of the uh, driver rule. And so then we hopped on a completely different company, a completely different bus and a completely different driver at a, at a rest stop somewhere outside of Sacramento. And then we bust the rest of the way from Sacramento back to Portland, got to Portland. at about 6 a.m. on Christmas Eve. So we traveled 
we left our hotel on the bus at 4:45 and got back here at 6 a.m. Um, so we were gone for or on the road for about 25 hours. So it was rough, but that, that's impressive. But you got home. Yeah, got we got home. we got home, and I told the team yesterday. I said, "There's no question who the toughest people on this team are. It's uh, Cameron Parker, Jarrell Satterfield, um, Keyshawn Saunders, uh, Hayden Curtis, Kendall Munson, and em- Emmanuel Taban, me, Coach Dunn, um, <laughs> Birdo, Coach Foss." And Eli, <laughs> so. you, you you were on that bus. A lot of the guys, a lot of the guys. Some of the guys got it probably stay stay yeah. uh, locally, yeah, yeah. Uh, where they live just for for the Christmas holiday. They didn't have to endure that. But. Yeah, no, it was it was good. I mean, you know, we got back. I mean, we're thankful that we got back and got back safe because, you know, I mean, flying in would have been dangerous and all that, and sitting down there till the twenty seventh wouldn't have been great. We would, I mean, so. Uh, we all just decided, you know what, let's get back. Let's hop on this bus, and here we go, baby. Yeah, we wouldn't be doing this podcast right now. Holy cow. No, Holy no, we cow. Wouldn't. <laughs> all right. So uh, those are the things that happen sometimes when you're uh, traveling in the winter, and uh, more often than you might think, but uh, I guess it's good to have a good operations guy who's uh, – He was uh, on it, man. I mean, he was running around that airport. We were downstairs in baggage claim. The other thing is, is in, in that airport, there's no food on the other side, so we had to go down and get our bags, and we were down there for – a long time, a long time. And, uh, uh, but Berto was on it. I mean, he was running all around. I saw him running on his phone everywhere here, there ticket counters. I mean, he was all over the place. So that's great. All right, coach. Let's, so, uh, just to wrap it up, the Vikings non-conference play six and seven, uh, which, uh, is their best record since non-conference record since, uh, 19, uh, the 1920 season, uh, when the Vikings went six and six and considering the schedule all in all, a, a, a pretty good outcome as you head into big sky play. Any last thoughts on non-conference? What, what, what you learned about your team uh, from, from that, that schedule? Well, you know, I mean, we've talked about how tough the schedule is. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely the toughest schedule that I've been a part of um, in my 10 years here. Um, I think what we found out about the team is how mentally tough we are um, to be able to show up every single night and show up every single practice. Um, Cause you know, sometimes when you get in the rhythm of just like getting ready for the next team and scouting reports and things like that, um, you know, sometimes you might have a slip up here and there, but uh, for the most part outside of maybe one game, um, I felt like we showed up every single night and um, excited for conference play. Um, you know, I, I, you know, told the guys this before we left, like, I really enjoy coaching these guys. I really enjoy coaching this team. Um, you know, like when we left for Christmas break, I told them, you know, I, I'm going to miss you guys, not from like just a coaching standpoint, um, not because I'm just like a coach that really wants to practice and can't wait for everybody to get back to get on the floor and all that practice. Like, I actually really um, enjoy being around them as people. Um, and so I missed them because of that more so than actual basketball. I just enjoy their company and enjoy being around the team and they're a bunch of good guys and have their hearts in the right places. And, and, uh, it's, they're a lot of fun to coach. And so, um, that's what I found out about our team is like how much I enjoy being around them as people. And, and, uh, not every coach can say that and not every coach can say, you know, that they enjoy being around their team. And, and, uh, these guys are awesome so far and, uh, we'll, we'll get through conference play and we'll, we'll see what we can make happen. All right. Well, you've got a you've got at least uh, about three more months with them as far as this se- season is concerned, and uh, we're looking ahead now to the Big Sky Conference. And um, 
this week, the Vikings play just one game on the road at Sacramento State. And uh, right now, Sacramento State 6-6. Six and six. They have a game with Stanislaus State, a Division II program, on Wednesday night. I'm not going to say they will win the game, but but uh, if you look at that ESPN odds of victory, I'm sure that it's pretty high for the Hornets. So it's a good chance that you play yet another Division One opponent with a winning record, uh, just to extend that streak. Why not? Um, but the Vikings, the Hornets play. Uh, Portland State has won the last three times they've faced the Hornets. You, you were fortunate to sweep them last year, coach, in your first season uh, on the job. Uh, but the games are always close. Of uh, uh, the last 11 games uh, in this series, 10 have been decided by single digits, and I think the 11th was a 12-point game. So uh, talk about some of the challenges. Uh, they, they tend to be a little bit more of a half-court program, and they've, they've always given us uh, a good test. Well, I, I, I think the first thing is is, is that uh, they have a new coach, and, um, you know, and he's doing a really good job, brought a lot of new guys in. And um, so they're 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 different from how um, they've been in the past. At least my previous nine years here, they're a lot different. Um, you know, they're really big. Um, you know, they got good guard play. Um, you know, they're you know so I, they're they're a lot different from maybe what Portland State fans remember from before. Um, so it'll be exciting, and you know they've been playing really well. Um, you know, they've been beating some good teams too, and and uh, it'll it'll be really interesting. Um, see how you know it turns out this first conference game um you know and uh you know we're, we're the first team in the conference that that plays the uh new coach with the new players and you know the guys that they had back from last year are doing really good too so um yeah it, it'll be an exciting matchup for sure david patrick the new head coach and uh, the hornets uh, led by zach chapel he's a returner he's averaging 15 points a game uh, but you mentioned their size. 7-1 center, Callum McRae. He leads the big sky in rebounding and block shots. And they got a big forward as well uh, who also uh, scores a lot, gets a lot of rebounds. Uh, he's 6-9. Um, Vikings tend to play a little smaller. What, what, what do you do when you're challenged by a team with, with great size like that? Yeah, I mean, you know, we know from experience of playing Gonzaga, West Virginia, you know, Oregon State, and um, Santa Clara is really big. So we, we know what problems that, you know, can create. Um, and at the same time, we, we, we need to um, do what we do best, um, you know, and, and get in there and battle them. I mean, we know that they're big, right? So, um, you know, we're going to have to be great on the glass. We know that. And um, there's going to be some things that we're going to have to do um, to be able to try and expose them. So, um, you know, so, yeah, it'll be an interesting matchup, um, you know. And like I said, it, it'll be the first time playing uh, Coach Patrick. So um, it'll be interesting. So, you know, as we look at the style of play, certainly the style of play at Portland State for the last several years, even prior to you becoming head coach, has been uh, that that pressure defense, uh, creating a lot of havoc, forcing turnovers. Vikings have forced the most turnovers in the big sky. Uh, do you present this situation? You say, hey, these guys are, you know, maybe they're bigger, taller than us. Maybe they'll, they're a better rebounding team than us based on that. Uh, uh, do you present the game to your team perhaps as we need to beat them on the perimeter in this in a pressure situation or you know i mean it's kind of hard to tell a six five guy hey you got to out rebound a seven one guy uh you know hard work can can get you there but but the challenge is pretty great yeah no doubt i mean you know we totally respect them um you know like i said they they have 
some guys back from last year who are having great like Chappelle and Will Bond and those guys are, are playing really well. Um, you know, and then of course all their new guys. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, there, there are some things that we try and do when we play bigger teams, um, that, you know, that, that could translate over into this game too, but we'll just kind of see how it goes. And, um, if we need to make adjustments throughout the game, we will, um, you know, but, um, but yeah, like I said, this will be an interesting matchup. Um, you know, and we'll come up with a great game plan and, and, uh, be confident in that and, uh, you know, figure out how to try and win this thing. And the Vikings next week on the road as well, Eastern Washington and Idaho. That means 12 of your first 16 games away from Viking pavilion coach, probably not the way you wanted it, uh, to, to go, but it's gone pretty well so far. Uh, next home game, January 12th. And uh, that is Northern Arizona. That'll be the Big Sky home opener. So 26 games, uh, pardon me, 26 days without a home game. Um, how does the, how do you how do you present that to the team in terms of preparation and 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 staying up and and telling them, you know, we can win these games even though we're not at home. Yeah, I mean, I think we're in a stretch right now of six of our last or six of seven are on the road. That's right. Yeah. Um, I think we're in the closing stretch of that for the next three um you know i think we're the only team in the big sky who's got to go on the road for the first three games so um you know i mean we could sit back and complain about it we could sit back and talk about a million different things about how our schedule is but at the end of the day uh we need to embrace every challenge and if we embrace the challenge then we're going to come out better on the other side we're going to come out tougher on the other side so and that's 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 our thing right it's like we want to be tough and so yeah i mean is it ideal that you have to go on the road for the first three conference games no but at the same time it's like okay here's another challenge for us fellas and um you know we'll accept the challenge i mean because there ain't i mean there's nothing that's going to change um you know and we'll go three on the road and um we're going to give it our best and, uh, you know, hopefully when we're done with it, um, we'll be tougher for it. Uh, have you ever heard of, uh, I love the phrase you just said, because I use it. Have you ever heard of, uh, Bob Rotella? He's a kind of a sports psychologist, uh, no. specializes in professional golf, has worked with lots of professional golfers over the past few decades. He's written great, uh, motivational books, sports, motivational books, uh, for athletes his key phrase is embrace the challenge. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's funny that you said that because I, that's one thing I picked up from him and reading some of his stuff over the years. He always says, you know what? It, something may look harder than you're able to achieve, but what you do is you embrace the challenge. So yep. that, that's, that's a great, uh, a great outlook on it. I really like that. Um, so then after that, uh, the good news is uh, once you get through that Idaho game, you have nine of the final 15 at home. And, and that's really when, uh, you want to make things happen. Certainly, I mean, you want to make things happen on the road here in the next two weeks, but uh, that's got to be something you really look forward to. Yeah, I mean, it's always fun to play at home um, in front of our fans and, and uh, you know, and, and family and all that type of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, we always love playing at home, and, and uh, you know, we, we know we always get good crowds when we play at conference play, and it'll be exciting. So looking forward to getting some home games and seeing everybody out here. But in the meantime, just know we'll be out there on the road battling. And, uh, you know, outside of the games, one thing uh, let's bring up, I'll let you, t I know we've talked about him before, but we're going to talk about him again because uh, he's playing so well for you. Cameron Parker uh, passed 1,000 career points. We talked about that. He got presented with a game ball 
uh, a couple of weeks ago um, for that accomplishment. Great accomplishment for a collegiate basketball player, 1,000 points. He right now is at 696 career assists. And I got some help from the folks at the NCAA to look up among active players. There is nobody in the NCAA that has 1,000 points and 700 uh, career assists among active players. There's one gentleman by the name of Jalen Pickett at Penn State, and I've been talking to their SID. And uh, Jalen Pickett, outstanding senior guard for Penn State, he's over 1,000 points, and he is at 691 assists. Wow. So he has games on Thursday and Sunday, and um, certainly it's not a race because they're both going to get there. Um, but it, it would be pretty cool if uh, if uh, Cam – Cameron Parker could be the guy at least for a short period of time, but he's going to be in, in some really good company uh, with Jalen Pickett of Penn State. And those two guys will be the only guys in the NCAA for at least, uh, based on the stats, all the other guys that have a shot at it this year, it's going to be probably at least another month before somebody could reach that. But what does that say about Cameron in terms of his career? Yeah, I mean, that's an incredible accomplishment. Um, you know, hopefully he, he can get there next game. Um, you know, but it's an incredible accomplishment, really. Um, you know, and, I, and like, I, like I think he would say is that, you know, it, he's had tremendous teammates over his college career. You know, because without his teammates from Sacred Heart and without his teammates from Montana and without his teammates from Portland State, um, it'd be really hard to achieve an assist, you know. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I, and I think he would say the same thing. So, um, yeah, but I mean, that's an incredible accomplishment. I'm really proud of him for it. Um, he, he's been doing really well here. I've enjoyed coaching him. Um, you know, it, it, he, he makes the right decisions with the ball, um, whether to score it, whether to pass it. Um, you know, and, and his defense has really improved over the course of his time since he's been here. Um, I've been really impressed with that, um, you know, and, and his positivity and his vocalness and, and things like that have been awesome. So, um, he, and, you know, of course, being back home in Portland has been cool for him, but, um, you know, I, I've been really, really happy for him. Um, he seems very happy here. Um, and, and that's a big deal. Like that's a big deal to be happy at where you're at. And, um, so yeah, I'm really proud of the, the player he's become, um, since he's been here. I mean, we, we knew he was a good player before, but, um, you know, he's really impressed us so far with, with everything else too. And, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun coaching him. And I, I think the guys would say it's a lot of fun playing with him too. So, um, but like I said, you know, I can't speak for his sacred heart in Montana, but I know here at Portland state, we love having him be a part of our team and a part of our program. And, and, um, yeah. And, and, and I think his teammates would say the same thing. And, uh, as luck would have it, I got an email from his father saying he also, pa I, I missed it. He just passed 400 career rebounds. He's got 401 <laughs> career rebounds. So we're going to throw that one in there and I'm going to try to get a new calculation done on a thousand seven hundred, four hundred. <laughs> And see what we come up with. I'm guessing Jalen Pickett at uh, at Penn State's got it as well. Uh, and uh, as it turns out, those two guys have played almost exactly the same number of games too. So uh, kind of a kind of a cool uh, accomplishment. Uh, but we'll we'll track that as the season goes on. Maybe we can get him to 800 assists. If we can do that, we know the Vikings have had a great Big Sky Conference season. We'll see. Yeah. All right, uh, Coach. Before we get out of here. Um, once again, the Vikings on the road at Sacramento State Saturday, 2 p.m. game. Saturday, before you enjoy your uh, New Year's Eve festivities, uh, watch the Vikings on ESPN+. Uh, they're also on the road next week and then home January 12th 
Uh, here at the Viking Pavilion, 7 p.m. game, of course, always on ESPN Plus, all the way out uh, for the rest of the season. You can watch the Vikings. Um, Coach, news came out today. We're going to get away from Viking basketball. Mm, you know, I'm going to. You where know you're where going. I'm going. I know where you're going. And I love this guy. What and and what a great citizen he's been uh, throughout his career. Mm-hmm. Great football player, but a great citizen. JJ Watt retiring. How, how do you feel about that? I, I feel really happy for him. I do. Like, uh, you know, he was going to be a free agent at the at the end of the year, and so I kind of had a feeling he probably wasn't going to come back to the Cardinals. Um, but I'm really happy for him because that dude's been through a lot through all his injuries and then had his heart shocked this year and played through that. And last year came back in the playoffs and then had a kid and all that. So like, I, I, you know, I'm really happy for him that, you know, or any athlete who's at peace with, with what they've done in their careers and and ends up retiring. I mean, that's, that's, that's awesome. Like, I think we would all rather retire than get fired, you know? So, um, you know, it's, it's awesome that he was able to walk away on his own terms as opposed to somebody telling him he, you know, you're done. And, uh, yeah, man, he's on top of his game right now. I think he's got nine and a half sacks and had three last week. And I, I knew something was up. I, I mean, I pay attention to a lot of stuff. I knew something was up when he did his brother sack sack celebration. I knew something was up. I was like, well, that's weird. Why would you do that? So like, you were replaying that video on, yeah, on social yeah, media to check that out, right? Yeah, no, okay. I, I, I knew something was up. I was like, he's never done that before. But I, I'll say this. He, he's probably my favorite short-term Arizona Cardinal. Favorite short-term guy. I mean, he's only there two years, but he's probably my favorite short-term guy. I mean, he's awesome. He's incredible. I mean, some of the things he says and does and backs it up, I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, and after all the things he did uh, when he was in Houston uh, for that community, and That's when the they went thing. when they went through troubled times, and uh, all the money yep. he raised to help help that community, and I, I think the cool thing you said is uh, he's at peace with it, and I think personally, I love watching guys walk away when the time is right. Yep, I can't stand watching guys play. Michael Jordan, in my book, greatest basketball player of all time. Why the heck did he come back? Oh, the Wizards. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but yeah. but he's just one. He's one of many, and it's it's kind of like you know, uh, you're you're at peace. Your life is good. Um, you, you've accomplished a lot. Let's walk away and and try something new. So good yeah. for him. Yeah, that was really cool. I was, right. I was glad he was on the Cardinals. I got to watch him for two years. That was awesome. Yep. All right. Well, um, uh, we'll, we'll go out talking to Arizona Cardinals football. Maybe we'll get a podcast for them uh, going here <laughs> next season. I could hang. Uh, I could. I, I know I can. I don't know anything about him. But <laughs> other than J.J. Watt, I've followed his career. Other than that, I know that, know nothing. All right. Viking basketball. Once again, the Vikings 6-7 and seven on the season. Uh, Big Sky Conference play begins. Uh, 18 games over the next two months. The Big Sky Tournament. Uh, begins uh, on March 4th in Boise, Idaho. A lot of exciting basketball coming up. Really looking forward to it. And uh, we'll be doing these podcasts regularly now during conference play. We'll try to get one in every week. We may not get one every week, uh, but we'll do the best we can talking Viking basketball. So thanks for listening. Uh, Thanks once again to uh, On Point Community Credit Union for sponsoring the Viking podcast. And until next time, go Vikes.